Hello? Apparently we were playing Dead Air Chicken, and I think you lost. Oh. Hello, Frederick's Maytag guy. What? You okay? You sound like you're drunk as corn mud. I wish I was scanning documents. See my new avatar? Stan can't see my new avatar. Hey, Mike. Yeah, Frederick so never ceases to surprise me with uh, the avatars. The, uh... That's who I voted for for governor in the primary. Guys, scanning a document or something? No, no. Like it sounds like a scanner or something. I wish I was scanning stuff. Could be the cars outside my window. Cars. Frederick's is oddly silent tonight. He's probably doing something. ceremonies how are you guys Go i already ahead. heard you talking about my avatar yes is this another found uh yes uh, picture you found on the i found or something? i found the woman that i voted for for governor of florida oh okay in so the primary her yeah. name is yinka adesnia mm-hmm and actually, her middle name is Abosida. But just the fact that she was running was very inspiring to me. And but she's running as a Republican. Yes. But what's the... Against Rick Scott. Mm -hmm. You've heard of him. Yeah. And Elizabeth Cuevas Neunder. But she sounded Hispanic, and Yinka sounded African. So I voted for Yinka. Mm -hmm. you, you know what for? Uh... No. All I know is she has less money in the bank than I do. That was good enough for me. <laughs> you know how much money in the bank Rick Scott's got? Um. Yeah, probably that plus another fifty million. Yeah, that's right. Like two hundred and seventy-three million dollars. Her positions might be horrible. You know? She has no positions that I can tell. No positions? None. And even if she did, it wouldn't matter because she will never be governor of Florida. No, I'm... no, but she's brilliant. She sells bumper stickers that don't say what party she belongs to, nor a year. She is going to run as a Democratic presidential candidate in 2016 against Hillary. And she'll probably get my vote then, too. Mm -hmm. Yinka, Abosida, Adesnia. I'm practicing so I can say it comfortably when I, when they interview so, me. So no positions, and she's a bumper sticker. Uh, yeah, I know, and she has no photos. She does have bumper stickers for sale, though. The bank. That's a lot of bumper stickers. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's good, though. She thinks ahead. She's running for president as a Democrat two years from now. I mean, you know, we need forward thinkers like Yinka. So yeah. I could... Well, that, depends, that depends on whether she wins the... Um, Florida? The, yeah. Governor. She becomes governor of uh, Florida. Oh, regardless, you need two years to figure out how to pronounce her name. Like Right. I'm, I'm still practicing. So, you know. And her uh, lieutenant governor is not yet designated, though. But then again, neither is Rick Scott, so screw him. She can do what she wants. I was so surprised to have choices. I was thrilled when I got my sample ballot. And I saw two people were running in the primary against Rick Scott, and they were both women. I was like, well, one of them got my vote, and then I had to do my research. And Yinka doesn't stand for anything at all. <laughs> Go ahead, look her up. Yinka, Florida governor, you'll be really... Positions, none. <laughs> Photos, none. Press, none. She's just figured out that she can make a few bucks by doing it. I'm, I'm proud of her. I think it's the American way, at least the way it is now in America. And she's jumping right on the bandwagon and selling bumper stickers. And it's the forethought, though. Don't put a party on your bumper sticker and don't put a date. That way you can reuse them for, for, for decades. You just run for every office that you're qualified. Make your money selling bumper stickers. That's democracy to me these days. Do you plan on buying a bumper sticker? I'm thinking about it. If I see one at the convenience store and it's $1.99 or less, I'll buy So you think that you think that these, these bumper stickers would get sold at a, a convenience store? I That's hope so. <laughs> so there's been a rash of uh, people laying in the roads around here lately and getting run over by cars. Have you been having that happen where you live? I don't think that's happened here. That's not much here. <laughs> not that much? No, it, I, you don't hear that too much about that one. Well, I was a little surprised when I read about these two guys from Newport Ritchie laying in State Road 54 and they got run over by cars. Um, one guy died, the other one was hospitalized with very serious injuries. I felt really bad for the driver, though, because it was like, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning. You yeah. don't expect right. people to be laying in the middle of a, you know, six-lane road, but there were a couple. Have you seen the video of the Chinese kid getting run over? No! Yeah. He survived. What did he get run over by? SUV. Wow. Is this, is this just a way of committing suicide? or I don't know. So listen, this is not the end. So That video is pretty impressive. Okay, I'll have to check that out. But so that happened. Then I read about another guy. Oh, I just got that, the, uh, the report from right off the presses. Yinka got 478 votes. And one of those were mine. Go Yinka. What about the uh, other woman? Okay, anyway, so then they found this other guy. He didn't get hit by a car, but the cops found him laying in the road. 
and then there were oh wait, and then there was the two guys that were laying in the road together. They'd been hanging out at a guy's house, and they went to get beer from the convenience store, and they got lost. So they laid down in the road. But that's not the last one. And these are all within two weeks. Something's going on. Now, this is not Newport Ritchie. Now, the next one is from Gibsonton, which is also known as Clown Town. Uh oh. But there was a man who was lying on the roadway early Saturday on his birthday. And he was struck and killed by a driver who then fled the scene. Juan Heredia, 46, of North Street in Waimama, was lying on Maggie Drive at 4.45 a.m. when he was struck by a northbound vehicle. Uh, I mean, come on. It's unclear why Heredia was in the road. See, now this is really becoming a conundrum. But deputies, deputies said he was carrying drug paraphernalia and the toxicology tests are pending. He suffered head injuries and was taken to Tampa General and he died. And they have no description of the vehicle that fled. All right, I just wanted to tell you guys, there's something going on here. Well, what are your, what, do you have any theories? Not yet, but there's definitely the some, they're, they're trying to kill themselves, obviously. Well, some of them. The other ones might just be drunk. But even when you're drunk, you know better than to lay yeah. down in the road. Yeah, well, but the guys who got lost uh, going to the liquor store. That yeah, and then they got tired. Yeah, well, that's asleep. like something that would happen to you, so that seems reasonable, I guess. But uh, I don't know. Up here, people use trains. I guess it's quicker and messier. But. Yeah. Well, but You're certainly right. tomorrow, you another know. reason why we need mass transit around here. There you go. Too many people wanting to It takes too long, and a lot of them live. Now, see the. Oh, hey, wait, I found the article of the guys. They just fell asleep, though. This wasn't suicide. Uh, the night before, they were walking from a Taco Bell or McDonald's. Yerks and Ortiz, they differ on the details. They stopped at a friend's house for beers. Later, they went to a gas station for cigarettes and lost their way in the neighborhood, the report states. Reasoning it would be easier to find the way home in daylight, they found an American flag. The report does not list the origins of the flag. They stretched it out on the pavement on Amazon Drive and San Clemento Drive and bedded down for the night. Neither man was able to explain why several mailboxes had been smashed during the night. <laughs> it seems like a lot of them are Hispanic. I think this is the beginning of a rebellion or something. I don't know. Road sleepers unite or something. I don't know. It's scary, though. That's why it's good to get the paper. Otherwise, you might miss trends just as they're starting. You may have to wait until it's too late. Yeah, you don't want to get in on the tail end of that. No. <laughs> I'm just so terrified. What if you're driving home Saturday night, 4 o'clock in the morning, and there's people laying in the middle of the road? Well, that's why you should drive an SUV, so they might survive. This guy... 
One part of the kid got ran over. I know people that had their legs run over and were fine. Uh, the SUV went completely over the kid. The kid was like playing in the street and the driver didn't see him at all and runs right over him completely. Oh my God. And the kid just pops right up after the thing goes over him. Holy cow. Yeah. So, so he, was, he was small, that helped, you know? Yeah. My mom used to tell me, God takes care of babies and drunks. <laughs> Well, not in Florida. Yeah, not always. <laughs> yeah, not always. Right. Well, I just lost a, another valued uh, customer this week. Actually, he, was, he wasn't really, you know, he was, uh, you know, I, I jumped in here. He wasn't a drunk. He was a good, good guy, actually. Did you kill him? No, he, uh, <laughs> he was 49 years old. He had a heart attack. You did? Who served him his last drink? Actually, I haven't seen him in months, and I thought maybe he was sick when I saw that somebody said he died. I was like, oh, my God. 49? 49, yeah. This is crazy, Mike, and I told you that guy I know that was 56, he I've had known a lots heart of attack. I've known lots of young guys uh, who had heart attacks, like in their 40s and 30s even. Yeah, it's crazy. Do you think it's like the Jersey diet, you know, like all the tailored hams and... Bacon I don't know that all these guys were from Jersey. I mean, oh, okay. I think some, a couple of the guys I've worked with, you know, their brothers, you know, had heart attacks and stuff. They were from New York. I, you know, it's, I, I think you never know what's going to happen. Or was it cocaine, you think? What's that? What, cocaine? Were they, the guy know? I know who just died. Who? But no, a, fr a, a friend of mine from Masses died this week. Yeah. Yeah, he, no, he wasn't a drug person. Just had a bad heart? I don't know. I, I What I know, he was healthy. Nobody had any inkling that, you know, hmm. this was coming, you know? He wasn't overweight? No, he wasn't. He was a Marine. No, he wasn't overweight. And I think he even stopped, cut back on his drinking. You know, I hadn't seen him in a while. Hmm. That's too bad. Good guy. Like, yeah, and, 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 and out of the ordinary. You would think. Uh, I think I think it can happen any to any any person any time. You never know. <laughs> That's they say. You know, it's a cliche, but it's true. Well, it's true. I had an aunt that had like three strokes, and she never smoked, never drank, ate a healthy diet, exercised. I was like, why her? You know, I don't know. Her older sister, who both smoked and drank, still hasn't had a stroke. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Let's give it time. Hmm? He said, give it time. Funny There's not much time left. She's like 89 years old. Well, she'll get around to it. <laughs> All right, yeah. It's just says your aunt was how old when she had her first stroke? Oh, the, the aunt that had the stroke, she was only in her early 80s. Oh, well, still, that's pretty old. Not if you knew her. She's not old. She's not like your average 80-year-old. Or she wasn't until she had a stroke. It really slowed her down a bunch. But actually, she made it through the first one pretty well. It was the second one that took her down. And then she had another one that took her ability to speak. That's a weird situation. To have somebody you know and you talk to for decades and decades, and then they can only say like four words, kind of changes the relationship got to do a lot more physical stuff. It's an interesting exercise.
It could be an absurdist film. I participated in another Secret Fest Show project. Another one? Yeah. Did you finish the first one? Yeah, I did. Okay, good. No, and now you can't tell us what the second secret is. No, but it's it's a big one, and um, it's you'll you'll be hearing about it in a couple months. Months, huh? Yeah. So when are we gonna get off the? Uh... Having to do this. Yeah, I did get more details okay. on that. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> it's, it's happening. He's got the place. He's got a place. He's ordered the equipment. Okay. He's got somebody building the studio. Okay. It's uh, convenient for my commuting. <laughs> Excellent. That's what we care about most of all. He says there's parking. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Holy cow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it would kind of suck, though, if you had to go and answer phones and pay $15 in parking every time you did it. No, but Tom was Tom was conscious of that, and he scoped it out. He says there's parking there. Oh, well, that was thoughtful. Yeah. Wow. So another couple months, then? Yeah, lots of big stuff, big things happening, okay. you know? He's making up for the lost time. Okay. Before the end of the year? Yeah. Okay. Oh, first week, first week in November for the thing I, I I worked on over the weekend. Okay. And that that sounds like it's gonna be great. It's uh, let's just say it's probably what a lot of people dreamt about. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Okay, everybody, let's talk about what we dreamt about. <laughs> <laughs> Dreams are about to come true. Oh, really? You yeah. dressed in a bikini? It's, <laughs> it's going to be exciting. <laughs> oh, I don't know where that stuff comes from. It just jumps out of my mouth. But anyways, okay. Was there any serious talk about doing any kind of live thing with the show? There was talk about that for a while. I don't know why that got dropped, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I actually private messaged uh, Lisa Jane Persky about that. I mean, yeah, he could have done it easily, you know? I mean... Yeah, I think so. You know, the Bell House would have taken him in in a heartbeat, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. You know, at least could have done that, you know? Or get, get Andy to rent uh, the Upright Citizen. Or where did he do the... Um, Seven-second delay, was that the Upright Citizens Brigade? Yeah. Because yeah. then I found out that all those live shows they did there, where hardly anybody showed up, Andy had rented that every week. And then, like, six people would show up for their shows. Wasn't that where um, Regulator's brother did his, uh, did his show? Yes. And they ran off Robert Crisco, which was very funny. I mean, I was actually interested in what Crisco had to say, but then he left before the show was over, and on his way out, he came over and took the book out of Andy's hands before he left. The book he was promoting? Okay. Well, it was funny to me. Screw you guys. All right, I guess the show's over. <laughs> So, Mike, why did you play at Masses? I played uh, the Big Lebowski, the old favorite. 
And how'd that do? Uh, not as uh, strong as Bad Grandpa. Not enough violence? Well, I mean, it w there was less people, for one. Oh. Uh, yeah, a lot of people must be away this week. And, and this Saturday, this Sunday, is probably going to be even less people. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's a little more subtle, too subtle for my crowd. You know, I mean, they got some laughs out of it, but, you know, not rip-roaring. It's got to be shorter, more violent. Well, yeah, I'm thinking of bringing in the Three Stooges. That'll be a, a no There you go. Now you're talking. They want to see people get bashed in the head at least every 10, 15 minutes or so. Yeah. Or they're going to extreme it. wrestling uh, DVDs. What kind of wrestling? I'm not going to encourage that. Extreme wrestling. Where they, you know, hit each other with chairs. and. Yeah, they yeah. used to do that down here all the time. Yeah. Um... I, I listened to Bob Mould, or Mould, or Mould, on Mark Marin, and he was writing wrestling scripts for a while. The guy from Whisker Do? Yeah, 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 he was writing for WCW. That was kind of interesting. Oh, and when did his name change? It used to be Mould, right? Now it's Mould. I think it's just pronunciation, Mike. No, but I remember when I, that's how they used to pronounce it. And I'm not saying myself, I'm talking about other people. <laughs> right, now but what about Husker and Husker? It's all about the U's. I think I that's some subtle thing. And I, I thought there was like a conscious effort to not say mold. Because it's like, you know, people <laughs> think of mold, you know? Yeah. But well, I would have preferred not to be called mold. Sure. But now it's proudly pronounced mold. I was a little confused by that. Mm. But he's, he's more, um, you know, you see him do more stuff now, so maybe him pronouncing it the right way has made people change the way they pronounce it. Yes. And Ray Davies' name is really pronounced Davis, but he says he doesn't care as people are talking about him. When will everyone pronounce Neil Peart correctly? Is that true? Where's Dougal when you need him? Oh, is it really? It, it really is. Pierre? Yeah. And it, well, all these American fans call him Perk? Yep, that's correct. Well, I'm shocked. And that's not just from Travis Parker. That was from the documentary and his parents. Like, Are I saw still parents. upset? No, they're, you know, they're nice enough folks. His father runs a tractor supply place. A crackhead supply? Tractor. Oh, tractor. And he told them if it doesn't work out, the tractor supply place will always be here and apparently it still is so well, that could give you a great deal of comfort so he's got that going for when him. you're when you when you're striking out as a young man on your drum throne that's, yep. that's touching shows how how important a supportive family is in a successful canadian rock and roll career True. No. Yeah, but a lot of rock stars didn't have supportive families, so. It does seem that way. Who buys them those first amps and their guitars? Huh? They're expensive. That's a valid point. Yeah. No, no, and I remember watching when bands were first getting started locally and stuff. 
you would see, you could tell who the guy was that paid for the equipment, because he was usually the lead singer and the least talented guy in the band, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Uh, back then, we all had crappy equipment. If you were lucky enough to have equipment. Sure. It takes some money. Not everybody was rolling around in the dough back then. So, Cormod, you would ask me about Florida bands worth checking out? Oh, yeah. One of them is the Mojo Gurus, who've got their first major label recording coming out. I was thinking about going to their CD release party tomorrow. Or, no, I'm sorry, Saturday. And then, and then Benjamin Booker is another guy worth checking out. He's got a good bluesy, punky garage rock sound. He's former Florida guy. He, he went to New Orleans to make it big, but I heard him today and I said, damn, I should tell Cormont about him. So I did. Benjamin Booker. Yeah, Benjamin Booker. He'll surprise you. He's better than the Jacuzzi Boys, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Has he um, played at Gonerfest? No, but he would be an excellent addition. Well, speaking of Gonerfest, though, um, Ty Siegel's got a new record out that's pretty good. I saw him twice at the Gonerfest in 2010 or whatever. He's pretty good. He just puts out too much work. I can't keep up with him. Does he mean anything to you? Um, I've heard some of his songs, and yeah, they're really good, but I just never bothered to, you know, yeah, well, this check out new, albums. This anything. new one, I think it's called Manipulator, is pretty damn good. I have Melted. I like that, but you can really tell he's still under, like, a Nirvana-type influence. I remember him reminding me of Jay Retard sometimes. I don't really know why. He's the got he a great at. deal more range, I would say, than Jay. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he played at the Garner Record Store. He played as a one-man band with the old foot drum and everything. It was quite delightful. Yeah, it was, hasn't he? He's done that. I thought that was his thing, or, or maybe. That's how he got started, I think, back in oh, okay. San Francisco. But yeah, now he only does it on special occasions or, you know, like when he's in the back of a record store and you can't fit the rest of the band in. But he did a nice job. Where's some other one-man bands? There's, a, I think, a barbecue or whatever from the King Kong and barbecue show does uh, one-man stuff now. Wherever he did, he, I mean, he did it before um, King Kong Barbecue, but that, then once they broke up, he's doing that again. And what's his name? Uh, barbecue. There's a guy from King Kong and Barbecue show. Oh, I didn't know Barbecue was a separate individual. Yeah, King Kong. Uh, I know who King Kong is. And barbecues the. Uh, so it's like Mojo Nixon and Skip Roper. Mojo Nixon, sounds familiar. I don't. You don't know who Mojo Nixon is? Sounds 
really familiar, but... Oh, my goodness. Yep, I'm showing my age again. Damn, Damn. it. Damn. Mike, you remember Mojo? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I never... Okay. Elvis needs boats. It's kind of novelty, right? Novelty music? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that Elvis is everywhere song that was... Yeah, no, no. I hate banks. Oh, yeah. I think I even went a little deeper than that, but not much deeper. I saw him in concert. I'm in a heated debate with my my friend on Facebook is making the claim that the kinks are superior to the stones. Wow, that's very interesting. Where do you fall? <laughs> well, I'm a stones guy, but I have recently been to a, a kinks tribute show, you know, where there was tons of different bands doing kinks music. Really, yeah. And it was pretty breathtaking to see how many, you know, because you could have, you know, like an all-girl punk rock band playing all day and all of the night, like as the most basic thing. But then you'd have like the more refined bands, and they were playing, you know, Waterloo Sunset and... Now, they're, they're great. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't go that far, you know, to say, you know, I mean, they're, they're a great band, but... Actually, I've just been uh, listening to Face-to-Face uh, -face and uh, the Village Green Preservation Society. Yeah, see, and now that's a totally different thing. So, I mean, you know, they cover the ground because that's like a, a kind of folk music, you know, kind of poppy folk music. But then they also had like the raw garage punk noise. Then they could do the arena rock, you know, like that Paranoia song and stuff. They actually had a reggae band do that. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, I saw them in the late 70s, and they were very entertaining, you know? Yeah. Uh, they put on great shows. They've got great music, you know, but I wouldn't go, go so far to say that they're superior to the Rolling Stones. I don't know. I, I was thinking about that. I would have to do, like, song-by-song -song comparisons. <laughs> but if you looked at the whole catalog, the Kinks probably don't have as many songs. But I think they do have as many, you know. They have a, they have a lot of these uh, quirky character study songs. Like David Watts and stuff? Well, no, see, some of them are great. I'm, I'm not saying that they don't have some great quirky character songs, but they they have a lot of them. And, and not all of them are great, you know? I mean, some of them are just kind of like, oh, okay, they're doing that again. Yeah, but you could say that about the Stones after, like, 85, right? Everything. Well, no, I, yeah, hey, I'm not going <laughs> to Oh, they're that, doing that again. I'm not going to make that argument. You know? <laughs> I mean, they died in, like, 78, you know, and, you know. Tattoo I, you, I think, was... Although I read somebody recently, uh, one of the DJs on FMU played something from Undercover, uh -huh. and he said, I maintain... That that is better than Exile on Main Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who was that? Yeah, I what don't song? remember. I no. I don't remember. Mike, weren't you talking on Twitter about the, one of the sides of uh, Exile on Main Street? I think this, the second side with uh, Sweet Virginia on it and that. Yeah, like, I think funny. that's the best, best Mike side Mike said ever. he kept changing everything but side three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think yeah. side two is the best side, like, in rock and roll. Like, as far as four songs on one side of a, of an album, I think that... Is that... side three the more gospel-y one, Mike? 
Yeah, side three has got, you know, that's the weird side, you know. I like the, that one. That's my... The gospel side, you know. Side yeah. four is pretty strong, too, though. I don't want to talk about... I just want to see his face. Side one, I contend, has the best one-two punch of a, of an album. Which one? Side, side one. Oh, yeah. That's Rock, Rocks Off? Rocks Off and Rip This Rip Joint. Rip This Joint, yeah. Well, they just show they're the greatest rock and roll band in the world. Pretty much. Actually, yeah. I've got a I've got a bootleg. I I, I have to find it. I mean, I, I have a bootleg from that tour, and to me, it sounds like punk rock. I mean, you know, that's punk. Yeah, rock. It, was... it, it, it like it look for like seventy three shows when they they were touring. I mean, they're like very fast, you know, on everything. Well, because they were all on cocaine. Yeah, oh, cocaine. Yeah, I was just gonna yeah. make that argument. Sorry, but uh, you know. It's 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 like punk rock. That, that's why I wish those there was some worthwhile tape where you could hear the Beatles when they were like pre-recording contract with like one of their live shows because particularly the ones where they were on speed, you know, like they bet that was, would have been something, but doesn't seem like that was ever recorded or yeah, certainly wasn't recorded well. So, Mike, do you think the Rolling Stones are the best band? No, I mean, you know, they—they're they, one of my favorites. I, yeah, I, I don't, you know, uh, I don't get in. I, the guy who's doing the, the Kinks versus the Stones is infamous for his Beatles versus the Stones argument. You know, it's like, you know, that's just nitpicking. You know, I mean, if the Beatles lasted longer, maybe they sort of would have, you know, stinking a little bit, you know. Like, just, oh. yeah, I mean, they would, they, they would have had no choice but to, ultimately, yeah. yeah. And the, 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 I mean, the only thing that could be argued about the Stones is if, like, the Beatles did do, I mean, they, they did, John Lennon pointed it out, and Paul McCartney recently pointed it out when he was promoting his last album, it was an odd time to bring up that, is... Everything that the Beatles did, the Stones did three months later, while the both bands existed, you know? Yeah, I think there's something to be said that they sort of fueled each other, you know? It's like, and, and, and even the Beach Boys, but, you know, Brian Wilson said, you know, he felt like, you know, he was inspired by what the Beatles were doing, and then he, had, he tried to do something better, you know? So it's yeah. like, all, yeah, it was all in the mix at the time. So, yeah, they were feeding off of each other. Actually, I was listening to Face to Face, and the, and the Kinks were doing that too. They were they were you know they they were borrowing from the Beatles too. They you know throwing in some uh, Indian influences and stuff, and it's you know it's kind of obvious. But um, yeah, I mean, they were all doing that. That's crazy that like the the Beatles never recorded outside of London and like really almost specifically EMI Studio. You know, it's like why they had a good thing going. What's that? They had a good thing going. I guess, yeah. I mean, that why, was, uh, why mess with success? They're, they're, uh, yeah, they were, you know, they, the, that was their toy set there, but uh, the Stones had to go and record in the States and stuff. You'd think that they, all the bands who, because they worshiped that music, would have been so excited to go over and record in the same places that some of the bands that they liked did, you know? Where was Exile on Main Street? In France. France? 
I think it was like finished elsewhere, but some of it was done. Like, I think they were doing like one of those tax cheat type things and they set up in France and I think it was France uh, to, uh, you know, to avoid some kind of exorbitant tax that they had to pay. Switzerland was popular for that too. Uh, Apparently in Great Britain, taxes were exorbitant at that point for, you know, if you're a multimillionaire. Yeah. A lot of bands recorded in Montreux, like Deep Purple. We all went down to Montreux. Well played, Frederick. Well played. <laughs> Who did the de-Stalinization? Khrushchev? What? Who did the de-Stalinization? Yeah, yeah, yeah Khrushchev. Yeah. He said, we got to get rid of these Stalinites. Yeah. St Stalinizers? What did they call them back then? Stalinists? Yeah. No. But I, I don't think they self-stalinized in, uh, in opposition to the de-Stalinization. Boring. Okay, yep. You're right about that, Sam. <laughs> out, out of curiosity, off subject, did anybody watch the Emmy Awards uh, last night? I caught most of it. Okay, I was just just curious because I I don't I can't believe people watch that stuff. Did they Do you... give a tribute to Johnny Winter? No, I mean they do a lot of anticipation. Yeah, they might have done uh, Robin Williams. Yeah, I I. It's, oh yeah, I, Billy. No, Billy Crystal did Robin Williams. Oh, that's right. I saw some. Yeah, I, I think I saw that. Uh, yeah, it's I'm sure on, uh, online today. Pretty schmaltzy, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Just that was just my question. Just if it, it, any of the how many are there of us here? Five. One out of five. Watch it. I I always like marvel at the second and third. Like the, the only award show to me is the Academy Awards. It's like for movies. That's like the Cadillac Entertainment. And uh, like I'm always shocked when I'll be like seeing people are watching anything but that. Like I, I I'm like wow people. Well, they're not on at the same time. Um, no, I know, but I just couldn't imagine. Like, uh, the other one was on MTV, the Video Awards, the MTV Video yeah, Music Awards. I, I can't do that, no. Yeah, and, like, people who are, I know for a fact, are my age on Twitter being like, Ugh! it's like, guys, like, this is a show for 12-year-olds. Like, why are you... If you want to watch it just for a laugh, by all means, but you're actually going to nitpick this, you know? It's like, uh, it's very, very strange to me. But, I mean, yeah, they, the Emmy Awards are much more... Uh, I thought it was funny when Ice Cube got upset that he didn't win some award at the VMAs. Because I, I think the award went to the, uh, the Fast and the Furious guy who, who died. Oh. And Ice Cube was pissed off because because he thought he only got the award uh, because of his death. Oh, and <laughs> it, was, it was like like the bad horse can wasn't there for him to be mad at, so I guess he was mad. At, oh, yeah. I, well, the thing is, Paul Walker wasn't there either. Yeah, that's the guy that crashed, right? Sorry, too soon for that one? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think this, the afternoon of his death, he probably could have said something to me. Well, the fact like, that he was speeding, he kind of set himself up for that. No, he was passing, actually. <laughs> Is that a word? What did you say? He was passengering? No, passing I don't know. But yeah, he, he, he was, was destalinizing himself. Well, 
<laughs> he became exsanguinated, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So were the Emmys good? They were fun, fun, fun. What? The Emmys are for TV, right? Yeah. 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 So did Parks and Recreations get anything? Uh, no, everything went to like uh, uh, Mad Men or Breaking Bad or whatever. You know, it's just interesting. Huh? Oh, critics seem to like Modern Family. I think that one. Oh yeah, five in a row. This is their fifth, fifth year in a row winning best comedy. So I don't know. It's TV. I like TV. Watch a lot of TV. Yeah. What are you gonna do? It's, it's weird to me. What's what? weird to you? Watching TV. TV. Oh. Have you not gotten that yet? So he's, a, he's not been paying attention. I guess not. He's just starting now. No, you said I don't get it, so I don't know. You didn't get the Emmys. You didn't get him, him liking TV. You didn't get TV and you know. Hey, you got it three times in a row there, Cormon. Yes, true, true, true. <laughs> okay. I don't get it. All bases covered. Well, he was paying better attention than I thought. That's not true. That's okay. Is it? Yeah, why not? <laughs> the hell else is gonna happen, huh? Mike's gonna, Mike's More gonna, bad Mike's gonna quit doing the show for August. Wait a second. Yeah. Hey, all right. How about successful capitalism, Stan? Huh? Huh? Where are they getting it right? Germany, according to. Uh, Harold Meyerson, ironically enough. I guess I missed this. That's okay. But Germany was the kind, when, they, when the economic downturn came, rather than laying people off, uh, fellow workers actually accepted a cut in hours so that their fellow employees could be, uh, remain employed. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than winner take all, it was like, well, let's share what we got. I just think that's a whole philosophical difference. That uh, doesn't sound very capitalistic. No, it's a different form of capitalism. It's it doesn't have to be cutthroat. I don't think that like I think Adam Smith has been very horribly misrepresented. Mm -hmm. Darwin only mentioned. Uh, survival of the fittest twice in Origin of the Species, but he mentioned love like 99 times. But people decided to focus on one part and not the other. Well, yeah, and, and he has nothing to do with social Darwinism. I mean, that's... Except for... That, that. That's someone applying his scientific theory regarding species to, you know... To class, uh, basically. To, to society. Yep. Pretty tricky, though, you got to admit. It's like using the Bible, though, to uh, persecute gay people. Well, I don't think they're really... I don't know. You don't think they're intentionally misinterpreting it? You don't think there's people that really read it and said, hey, that's wrong, and they go, yeah, but we don't care because it's getting us where we want to be or getting us... To well, it's a little different because they're not reading any part of it. They just... They just hear the phrase survival of the fittest and, and start applying decide that, that sounds uh, that, that fits their sociopathic view of the world well I understand that, that, that the United States was down with eugenics until after Hitler there was some really? 
Yeah, fairly, yeah. Prominent Americans. I'd have to research it. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was... But everybody like... was excited about that. And I mean, you know, the idea of evolution, you know, finally took hold, and then they just started to try and apply it everywhere. And so, uh, yeah. who was the, what's the, what's the name of the science where they, they study a person's, a phrenology? Yeah. So that, that, was, that was pretty good. Yeah, and spiritualism was big. <laughs> Got people like, I think even William James was caught up in that. And I heard something recently that Kepler was, uh, his main job was as a, an astrologist. And he was an astronomer as a side job, as a hobby. Mm -hmm. But he made his money in astrology. Hmm, that's interesting. I know about that. Yes, I know. Well, they were saying that it's funny how we uh, have biased science to be just you know, very empirical, when even our best scientists were not exclusively empirical. They were talking about the rigidity of that perspective. And I'm not saying it's true or not, although I have been rubbed the wrong way by those, uh, you know, like the people that said that dogs don't love you, they only care, they only like you because you pet them and give you food, but now they found out that they do actually have emotions and feelings, and it's like, Jesus Christ, science, People have known this for centuries, but you couldn't figure it out. You wouldn't admit it until you did a test to confirm it. But, you know, you went for a long time just being shitheads. So yeah. I get disappointed in science sometimes. It's not all wine right I did. It just bugged me. I got it off my chest now. I'm feeling a lot better. Are you shuffling through a pile of Mad Libs now? <laughs> I am going through my notes, though. That was good ears, Dan. Yeah, I don't think Mad Libs was ever... Oh, I've had such great times. But they were usually around the campfire after we'd been drinking a great deal. What about that movie Magic Christian? Come on. PC can help us out here or something, I'll bet. I've seen it. I... Free Monty Python? Free? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And and Ringo Starr. Ringo's in it. Yep. Yeah, I think you're talking about your call to Tom from. Well, I guess it was two weeks ago, but I just got done editing it today. But yeah. Oh yeah, because I was talking about Ringo. Ringo's yeah. bad bad artwork. Yeah, that is what you were talking about, and I do remember that call when you kept saying, "What?" When he said, "Mike," that was pretty funny. I noticed. <laughs> when was that? What date was that? Oh, uh, I could figure it out. When I first, the first time I called, when I was, was the time that he was talking to Mike, and I was horning in, pretending I thought he was talking to me. Mm -hmm. He was mostly bitching about some guy in the chat who was giving him a hard time about Jay Z. Let's see, when was I, I think if I just searched Jay Z, I think that was in the thing. Oh, okay. But so Magic Christian's not really a movie worth seeing? I don't know. Uh, that's not my favorite type of movie or time for movies. Uh, oh, so I guess it was about a year. It was in July oh. 9, 2013 when I called. Oh, see, yeah, it was About a year ago. Yeah. And then, the, and then I think in the... Oh, yeah, and here's the other one. October 22nd. Was, is Ringo better as a drummer or a painter? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> was that was that your question or he no I was <laughs> I was calling to ask I was like the time that the time I called was um I was calling he had was for some reason Tom was a few weeks earlier had uh been downgraded Ringo Starr as a talent I guess and like he's like oh I've always stood up for this guy and people are Beatles fans go overboard in their praise from they're like he's just a good drummer nothing more nothing you know less and uh, he downgraded him so I called in before the topic was out and I was gonna say like well does it cuz you know how we always talked about how Lennon was the worst Beatle yes <laughs> the show so I was like wanted to call and ask him like before there was the topic I wanted to call and ask him if Ringo had slipped beneath John Lennon as like the worst Beatle but coincidentally as I was on hold Tom started talking about Ringo the crummy artwork he wanted to address yeah John's artwork was definitely better than Ringo's I would say that's true yeah and then uh, so then like I get taken off hold like Tom's kind of you know I would do that like he'd be like in the middle of kind of like a rant and then he'd just take a caller in the middle of it mm -hmm. and I called and I was like wow like I'm calling to talk about Ringo Starr and it's oddly on topic you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah yeah dead dog's eyeball Yeah so I uh, I uh, asked him my question and then he made you know made a fool out of me and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Can't wait but, to do that again sometime. Yeah, I would like to try to call again sometime. Yeah, that's it. That was I mean, like I I was describing it to a friend of mine who doesn't like the show and I I don't think he quite understood like why I was because I was like oh man like I like I was on the best show last night and I. Survived a bad companying, you know. And he's like, uh, what? Yeah, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? Right, yeah. <laughs> I've never yeah. heard this show before. Even after I explained it to him, he still didn't understand like why, like this guy who of this host of this show that I liked so much, like how he could just at random just start screaming at a caller in anger, like he didn't understand like the show at all, you know. So I, but I said to him, it's like, like on the thing, it's like. Like when you see those guys who will ride the bull, and it's yeah. like let out of that cage, and then either they're gonna stay on or get off, and it's only on you're only on there for a few seconds, you know. The part I'm listening to in the archive now, Fredericks, is still like you're, like really, you called in as uh, Iggy Pop one. <laughs> I have a lot of sex. Hello, Tom. <laughs> yeah. This is Jim Elsterberg. <laughs> I want to say I have a lot of sex. <laughs> I also have a new record out. And then Tom said something like, I know who this is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I could have stayed in character, but then I just decided to go along with it. Because I don't think he knew who it was, honestly. I no, I, 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 I think he did. I, I, you I think, think so? I thought I did something. No, good. yeah, I, could, I mean, I knew who it was. Oh, like, okay, no, never see, mind. Yeah. Thought and then it was um, than it was. another time, you, I don't remember what the song was, but you like started the call by singing. Oh, uh, that was uh, Ripple. That's right, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he was putting down the Grateful Dead. 
Yeah, and I thought you were gonna get the I thought you were gonna get the heave ho immediately for singing, but he really liked you, you know. He liked to play with you, you know. Yeah, cat and mouse. Yeah. But that's uh, and and I also heard the one that Mike was talking about when I was asking like who was the weirdest guest and James coming into the studio. Oh, and 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 Tom really did say like, what were you doing, man? You were laying on the floor out there and stuff. <laughs> but then he at some point he called and he was like not in the studio anymore. Like he went out to the street and went to a phone booth or something? Yeah, yeah like just like used his cell phone from a place he was getting a cup of coffee at. And Tom was like, come back over. And then, you know, Terry T is in the mix and she's like, let me tell you what happened while we were up there waiting for him to come on. And she said that he passed out due to nervousness. And then he came back on the air and copped to it. But he ended up doing all right when they gave him a segment of the show to take callers, you know. I didn't remember him taking calls. Yeah, he took some calls where he was basically being like, this is the James show now. And he, he well, it was pretty funny. Oh, well, good for him. Yeah, he managed to pull it out. Except for I don't remember. The only thing I remembered was him laying on the floor. It was also a six-hour one, too. I guess, so it's easy to... Uh, yeah, and that was when uh, Julie did her show, and that was... Oh, the sub show! Yeah, that was fantastic. Well, She's she does talk yeah. about subs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's married now, I hear. Yeah, she is, yeah. I was glad. Because it seemed like she was really in dangerous straits there for a while. Yeah, it did, yeah. I mean, I think it seemed like she kind of got her act together a little bit more when she stopped the, with the boozing, you know? Right, after she got popped. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, people can wake up or uh, be stupid all their lives. And it seems like she managed to keep her job and stuff, which is probably miraculous, you know? Yes. Wait. Yeah, she's probably like my favorite of the regular callers. Well, uh, even o even over Fredericks from Newport. Yeah, I know, I understand. <laughs> no, it's because she's even more of a wild card than me, because you never knew what you were gonna get. From yeah, her. yeah, she just seemed like she gets completely deranged sometimes. <laughs> and I mean, I also just think she's funny. Like, I think she had a good sense of timing and yeah and it can't be totally by accident you know because right. it's too perfect yeah well, where she said she'd go and have two doubles and then she'd come home and call the best show yeah yeah she used to do that on uh well, whatchamacallit shut up weirdo too I, I listened to that when she called them and it, 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 yeah that was great that was pretty funny but there was, there was one, one episode where she was really loaded, and she must have called like 20 times. It oh, got, I didn't hear that. Okay. It, I don't know if there's an archive of that one. I heard it, one where she called like three times, and then they were really getting sick of her. But they didn't have a lot of other calls. Right, yeah. And she kind of filled it all up. <laughs> and was, was there something where Tom was kind of bitching about, and the one I was listening to, it was after particularly guest it was the six hour one and prior to that there were just every show had a guest on it and it seemed like she, he was kind of talking about people who were responding negatively to that on the message board i was wondering if that had something to do with chinatown or not what year was it 2000 
2009? Probably. I mean, I don't know specifically, but probably. Yeah, because... I mean, do you remember reading anything negative on the regular Friends with Tom board? No, but I was on there so late, because I caught on to the show so late, you know, that I, I didn't really... I was only through listening to the archive, and I, occasionally when... I would be listening to the archives. He'd reference something directly on the message board, and like once or twice, I would be like, "Oh, what the hell is he talking about?" And through Google, I'd find it, you know. Well, but, and you uh, know, bitching to Tom could just be saying, "I like it better when Tom just does his thing." And that's true. And yeah. Then, but to him, that is severe criticism. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with some of the criticism because of what I prefer what Frederick's just said. I, I like him a heck of a lot better when he's just, uh, like I said, I think on here before, like I'd rather it when he's comp complaining ab by himself, you know, and just complaining about uh, some TV show that I never watched and never will watch and, you know, or some movie that I'll never see, and I'd rather hear him bitch about that than... Uh, uh, you know, two hours with some comedian I've never Or heard. artisanal pencil sharpening. Right. <laughs> there you go. I don't know why that jumped into my head, but it did. Yeah. But I love David Rees' uh, cartoon, but that was... Oh, that, yeah, oh, that, that guy, yeah, that was... That cool. trip could only ride for, at least for me, it was a pretty short trip there, and the wheels came off, and then they just kept going. Kind of like a lot of the Tim and Eric bits, too, I'm afraid. Yeah, those guys, I just, they're just not for me. I mean, I understand they have a big, I have friends who are big fans of them. I saw Tim Heidecker do stand-up one time, uh, and I just thought it was very derivative of Andy Kaufman. I mean, that would have been my only uh, uh, sort of touchstone there, you know? Wait, did, did I, did I... Did you say derivative of Dan Carlin? No, no, uh, Andy Kaufman. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Andy Kaufman. The... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dan Carlin, that would have been pretty good. Wished he could have rose to that level. But he was, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't really get those guys. I, I don't understand. I, I don't like Tim and Eric, but I think uh, Tim Heidecker is funny. I, I like on cinema at the cinema and uh, I like the comedy a lot. Mm. What's the other thing if it's not comedy? Tragedy. Tragedy. Satire? <laughs> but Dr. Steve Brule. Um, no, I, I don't like that either. I like him. I don't know who he is. The character that uh, John C. Riley does. Oh. Yeah. Was it uh... <clears throat> Was it Walliner who called in with that J shirt bit? Yeah. That was painful for me. That that I, I didn't really care for that. I'd rather get one of Yinka's uh, bumper stickers before I got one of those t-shirts. Yeah. This is probably cheaper, and she's more likely to be president. That's probably true. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. How much does it cost to run for governor? Did she put up like ten thousand dollars? Um, blissfully unaware of Florida election law. Yeah, I don't know anything about Florida. I think you just need you just need a certain amount of signatures. Oh, right? huh. So she probably just put up like some fake form on the internet that said, 
do you like cats? And they said yes, but then it really said, should we nominate Yinka to be governor of Florida? Probably one of those internet tricks. Internet. <laughs> so wait, going back a little bit further, why? what made you think about uh, Magic Christian? Because Richard Attenborough died? No, actually, I know of a band related to the Flaming Groovies called Magic Christian. Uh-huh. And they showed up on my iTunes playlist just as one of the songs, and I checked it, and then I said, man, that, would, that came from some sort of movie or something. And then I checked, and then it turned out the movie had Ringo Starr, yeah. And I just got done editing the show where you talked about talking to Tom. Oh, about yeah, okay. Well, and yeah, then I said, that sounds now. like a movie that PC Mike would like. It's got Ringo Starr. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was. I watched it. It was, it was amusing. It wasn't animated. No, and it has... Uh, Peter Sellers isn't really one of my guys either, and he's he's the lead in it. Um, but it has that song that, uh, that Mike's friend Ziggy uh, played on the AP Mike uh, Appreciation Night. That, really? Uh, some, something in the Air song. That's like the other one on the, the soundtrack. The Thunderclap Newman song? Yes. Yep, yeah. Wow. But that's like... Because the, the, the theme song to it's uh, Come and Get It by Badfinger... Oh. Their album was called Magic Christian Music. Not to be confused with the soundtrack to Magic Christian that had that song by Badfinger on it and the Thunderclap Newman song. On it. I think it was intended to be confused. I think, yeah, I think it was deliberate. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely forcing people to buy something. <laughs> they didn't know for sure. Yeah, that confused person. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that movie is fine. I, I, I don't know. I mean... I, I, I understand John Cleese and I think Graham Chapman are in their pre... John Cleese on? is definitely in it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's not Graham Chapman. I thought it was... There's, like, a lot of, um... Like, people you can kind of look out for in it. Like, little cameos and stuff uh, like that, you know? Well, so was it a Beatles probably... movie or what? Was it a Beatles movie? No, it was uh, a Peter Sellers movie more than anything. But the guy who produced it, um, he was uh, this guy who was kind of like when they started a Apple, their company. Mm -hmm. This guy. Denny O'Dell was like the head of Apple Films. He was like this film producer buddy that they had. Oh. And that's probably how Ringo ended up in it. In in the if like you're complete obsessive like I am, you can find hours upon hours of the Beatles recording the Get Back album that eventually came out as Let It Be. Mm -hmm. And uh, that project had a hard deadline at the end of January 69 it had to be finished because Ringo had to start oh, filming. Uh, filming the movie on February 1st oh. so that's why they had a they had a they were filming the the rehearsals and the creation of that album they needed a big finish for it and that's why they ended up doing that concert on the roof of their building oh yeah 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 it's just cuz they were like well we got to finish this thing you know so and was that their last live performance Yes, no, yeah. So. But that that's sort of the only way that that really relates to the Beatles, you know, and other than Ringo being in it. And also, in the, the 
uh, like the audio of yeah, the, but you said Badfinger, right? Yeah, well, which that was McCartney well, wrote for, people. right? Yeah, they were a band called the Ivies that uh, Apple had signed, I think, in '68. Hadn't really done much with, and then Paul gave them that song "Come and Get It," and then that got attached to the film, and that song was a huge yeah, it's a huge hit. You know, you still hear that on the radio and in commercials all the time. Uh, but and there's one funny part in the the recording sessions where they're just like having some downtime and they're talking about Paul and Ringo and some other friends of theirs are all talking about this movie that Ringo's gonna make, and Paul is just so like arrogant, like he just would say things that you'd be like, Whoa. he hated Ringo, you know, he thought he was a better drummer than him. I don't know that that's true. I mean, well, all right. well, yeah, but. I heard it in the grapevine. He he did drum on um, back in the USSR when Ringo quit the band for a minute. That's Paul done drums there. But it, Paul is just like saying, basically telling Ringo, like, yeah, I don't think this movie's going to be any good. This one that you haven't even filmed a scene of yet. So like, <laughs> That's a good friend. <laughs> yeah. He's when they're stretching out and trying something great. new. Well, you know? Well, it's the most tact, you know? No, I think he's the worst Beatle. Paul? Yeah. Yeah, he's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I like the uh, the arrogance on him, you know? And I think he is the most talented as well. Really? Oh, yeah, I think he's the best, yeah, the best at his instrument. He was and a good I think he's player. I'm so right? impressed so often by like these kind of counter melodies that he plays against the main. That's very impressive. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, he but does. They, that. But his cheese factor is just a little hard for me to swallow. Yeah, that's what most people's problem is with him. That doesn't bother me one bit. Uh, I don't mind that at all. I kind of like George. He's he's grown on me over the years. He would be the one I would guess would be your favorite. I think he's got he has things figured out better, yeah. Well I was a John guy for the longest time, but George has been growing on me slowly over the years. There's a certain I don't know, detachment from superstardom, you know, even though he was right in the middle of it. Yeah. He didn't seem to get caught quite the same way the other Not guys quite did. The same. Right, yeah. And when he when he checked out, he disappeared for a decade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing fine. Screw this. I got other things to investigate. You know. Yeah. I don't have time. Whereas like Paul and John both always had that, you know, the lure of being a pop star again. They could never get away from it. Yeah, there's a scene in the. Well, and then George worked with um. Monty Python, though, right? And wrote that crap. Oh, yeah, he financed The uh, Life of Brian. Yeah, and... see, now we're back to the Magic Christian movie. Right. <laughs> see, it's a big circle there. Yeah, he was friends with all those dudes, you know. Well, and supportive. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I got this very obscure album, I think it's obscure anyways, by uh, Alvin Lee and Mylon LaFaver called uh, On the Road to Freedom. And there's George Harry, well, Harry Georgeson. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, he's on there helping out and, you know, not taking, you know, writing credits or anything or even getting credit for playing guitar. He was just helping his friends out. I was like, damn, what a good guy. Yeah. And his quotes seemed the least egotistical 
well, or less egotistical, I should say, than John or Paul. Because Rolling Stone has a podcast of all these John Lennon oh, interviews. Oh, you listen to that? That's crazy, isn't it? I was so excited when I saw it, and I listened to two of them, but I've never gone back. Yeah, I mean, the, the one, I thought the sound of the tape was a little rough, you know, but yeah. there, well, there was some interesting stuff in there, I thought, you know. Like, at one point, he started talking about how uh, the Beatles tours was like, what was this? Satyricon, right? The Fellini movie? Like, just that they were just a, mm -hmm. an orgy on wheels, right? Uh-huh. And the, the, that Jan Werner, who's like the guy doing the interview, and Lennon's like, yeah, don't print that, you know? And he's like, well, you know, like, Yoko's here, and she knows this. He's like, don't you think all the other wives know that? And John's like, yeah, I don't think Patty knows. Oh, <laughs> like, George's oh, wife. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she realizes the extent to which he was, George was fucking around on her when they were <laughs> dating, you know? <laughs> So there was just some funny stuff in it, and I mean, Lennon just seemed like he was off his rocker, you know. At that time, he was just such a such a really angry guy, you know, bitching about his aunt throwing away his drawings when he was little and stuff like. Hey, I still carry some stuff like that. Around. Well, yeah, he did too. He wasn't wasn't ashamed of it. So casually cruel those parents are. Or aunts, in his case. Yeah. But yeah, he had kind of a good reason. I mean, eventually anger will take you where you need to go, but his beginnings were, it's pretty understandable to be an angry young man, though. Yeah, it seems like his life was a train wreck from the, from the jump, yeah. Mm -hmm. As far as, you know, being able-bodied and, you know, like it wasn't the worst hand anybody's ever been dealt with. Right, he wasn't crippled. Yeah, it just seemed like his parents didn't weren't very responsible people. Mm -hmm. yeah. So does Mike have a favorite Beatle? But he just doesn't care about them at all. I never heard Mike say much about him. I think he's pretty he far out of the tent right now, right? I don't know. He's on the pallet. We just gotta shake him enough to wake him up. Probably watching the Mets game. Is there a Mets game tonight? That's one of yeah. playing Atlanta. Oh, right. Oh, did they? Yeah, they won. All right. Oh. Who's, my, who's my favorite Beatle? Yeah, what's your take on the Beatles, Mike? John Lennon. Oh. Ah! Best thing. <laughs> He's got the best voice in the band. Yeah, I think I might agree with you on that as far as best singing voice, yeah. Yeah, he is one of the best rock-singing voices, period, you know? And he came out as a great singer on his first album, you know? It's like... Which was his first one? Plastic oh, Heart? I mean, Please Please Me, the first Beatles album. Oh, okay. Right, okay. <laughs> Sing Twist and Shout. Well, that's true. And do you hate McCartney, Mike? No, oh, I don't hate him. No? Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, he's more poppy and, you know, and, I don't know, his solo career was up and down. It was all over the place. Yeah, all over the place, that's for sure. Kurt Gottschalk wrote an excellent article basically an essay about why McCartney's Silly Love Songs is way better a song than people imagine. And it was rather persuasive. And he pointed out things that I had noticed but I never gave Paul credit for. You know, as far as the complexities of the background vocals and stuff. What Denny Lane and Linda were singing in the background. Yeah. And then yeah. it really wasn't that simple a love song at all. 
And, you know, it was actually making an argument that when you're writing about love, there is no right way to write about it. How can I tell you about, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, that it was way deeper a song than it appeared from the surface. And that just pissed me off, because I always thought that was just a stupid song that had a kind of hook I couldn't resist. And then Kurt made that argument and said, man, he listened to it closer than I did, you know, or more open-minded, actually. Because I had heard that stuff, but I still rejected it, whereas he said, hey, give the guy some credit here. And I was like, shit, you got a good point. And then what you said about Denny and uh, Linda, that's like the sound of wings. Like, people gave Linda a lot of shit, but, I mean, Paul got those vocals out of her somehow. Yeah. You know? Didn't have auto-tune and stuff like that then. She sang that stuff, you know, so I don't know if it took a lot of time or what, but that's definitely her singing, you know. And as, as Sharpling has pointed out, she gets co-composition, you know, she's the co-author of the Ram albums. So if anybody ever wants to talk shit about Linda, that record is credited to Paul and Linda McCartney, you know, like. Do you remember that crazy video that was going around in the early internet days? Oh, yeah, with her singing Hey Jude way off. Like, yeah, late. yeah, and they said everybody else was, it was just her vocal mic. Yeah, I don't even know if I believe that's real. Yeah, me neither. That's what I was you know? going to ask you. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any firm consensus on it, but I, I think it seems a little weird. When did that surface? Was that like the mid-90s, early 90s? Yeah, probably. It would have been from a tour they did in like 89, because he was off the road for all the 80s, and then they went back into the early 90s, or 89, 90, I think, or so. Where did I hear that? Yeah, they were talking about it. He really tried to go back to the farm and stuff and dig into his roots. You know, go... Oh, yeah, that's the Jeff Beatles broke up. He, he went to raise, a, like, those kids that he had. and uh, He lived on a farm in Scotland. He still does sometimes, I guess. You know, he still has the property. And you can see tape of it. I mean, video of it on... Uh, on uh, YouTube here, I'll send you one I was looking at the other day. Is he like chopping wood? Or yeah, I mean, they look like they're living... Skin and calves? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what the cover of the Ram album is, is he's like... He's getting ready to cut that Ram's throat. Yeah, well, I think they were shearing them. No, I, <laughs> no, I think he's a vegetarian. He is now, yeah. But yeah, so he went and lived on the farm, and then I think after Lennon got killed, they all got pretty security conscious, and they weren't too keen on going on tour, you know? But that was just a random lunatic. I mean, you can't change your life because of that. It's silly. Yeah, but then, you know, uh, Harrison was attacked, too, I mean. Oh, that's that... right. Didn't he have to fight off somebody? Yeah, him and his wife fought off somebody. That was in that HBO documentary that came out, and they... Yeah, it seemed like it was a pretty freaky situation. They talked about... His wife talked about it. Uh, and uh, I remember reading an interview in a, some book I read that, that kind of touched on that incident. It had a quote from Charlie Watts who said that, like, yeah, they played that down. He said, Charlie Watts was like, oh, I was talking to Ringo the other day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, they really played that down. I guess George got, like, really fucked up in that attack. He got stabbed, like, a whole bunch all around his chest. And they said that in the documentary, I think his son was like, yeah, you know, when you're fighting cancer, and then that happens Jesus. to you, it doesn't help, you know? <laughs> so they didn't say that he was 
it, it essentially killed them, but they said, you know, it, it certainly didn't help them, you know. Well, he survived better than string bean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think string bean got shot, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you know who string bean is. I only found out about that somewhat recently. Oh, I thought I was just throwing that up in the dark. I think I read about it on that Cliff Nesterhoff's thing on WFMU's blog. Oh, good for Nesterhoff then. Yay, Cliff. Yeah, that, that's the old bluegrass story. They thought that guy, he, the guy was, I guess, always bragging that he didn't keep any um, money around the house. Mm. Or, or money in a bank, I mean. Yeah, he so didn't trust like, the banks oh. after the Depression. Yeah, so they were like, oh, let's go get them, you know? Yeah, and then they never found the money. They killed them and didn't get the money. And there was money in the article I read, which is right here. There was... Like $15,000 in the chimney, right? Yeah, and like he had money in the, the pocket of his bib overalls he was so, wearing. It just seemed like it was a... Like the, the, I don't know if the people were robbing them panicked or what. It kind of reminded you of like a low-rent showbiz version of In Cold Blood, you know? Interesting. Yeah, only real. Oh, well, I guess In Cold Blood. Well, yeah, In Cold Blood was real. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wonder what Capote could have done with the string bean story. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was a kid when, uh, yeehaw, I remember my friend telling me, my older friend, a couple of years older than me, he goes, yeah, that's just laughing for hillbillies. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that was pretty insightful from a 14-year-old or something. Yeah. He, he sussed it that's... out. I think that's why I liked hanging around with him. And when I, I got thinking about hee-haw recently because of string bean, and I kind of went down like a wormhole of that on the Internet, and... That show aired until like the mid '90s or something. No. Like it was, yeah, it was on a lot later than you would have thought. Was what was the guy named Junior Campbell or? Oh man. Junior Samples. Junior Samples. That's right. Yeah, it says it aired yeah. and from 1969 until 1997. Holy crap! I remember it being around in like my even by my second apartment. So yeah, that makes sense. Wow. Is Minnie Pearl still with us? No. Uh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, I think they're most. That went on way longer than laughing, then. Yeah, everything did. Yeah. Laughing got taken down because of their politics, though, right? I would imagine, you know. Minnie Pearl died in '96. Yeah, and then and then uh, Eha died the next year. Okay. <laughs> they've, they've been riding on her coattails the whole time. Hello? Apparently we were playing Dead Air Chicken, and I think you lost. Oh. I, I disconnected, and then I came back on. You're all silent. I'm like, what? Hmm. Very confusing, I tell you. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you how school was, Brian. Oh, it's my second day already, and uh, well, it, it's oh, well, it's my first day of class was today, and uh, it's just all sorts of really, really interesting stuff. And but the thing is, I have not been sleeping too well the last couple of days because nerves. Ah, uh, 
not the most self-confident guy, but I, I'm, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. I got a bottle of uh, Ambien just in case. So. No. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, It's been good knowing you. you know. <laughs> Bye, con Dios. They're under the, under the supervision of a doctor. <laughs> So, but no, it's, it's, I, I'm, I moved uh, this past weekend and it just like the orientation started yesterday and I've been going back and forth with Time Warner to get my internet going. And uh, I've been calling since three weeks ago, just telling, hey, I'm moving up on the 24th. I need internet on that day. What should I do, self-install kit? They're like, yeah, we'll send someone over there. They'll make the lines live and you just hook up the modem and the cable TV box and uh, you're, you're all set to go right get here one of the first things I do is hook it up nothing oh shit and I called and they're just like well it's Sunday and it's quarter to five uh, we really can't do anything I'm like I called you two weeks ago right. <laughs> I was going to be moving in on this day you guys reassured me over and over again and, and now they got like half the TV but they, I have the TV in the main room and, uh, and also the cable modems out there, which does nothing if I want to use the computer in my bedroom. Right. And so, like, they sent a technician out today um, to try to figure out how to make that happen, how to set up another cable in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And he, he couldn't do it, but he also asked to use my bathroom, and he didn't flush. Oh! Like, this is, this is some uh, cool... I hope you're writing all this down for your complaint. <laughs> oh, man. So, oh man! Time Warner Cable. I don't get straight. Well, why don't you just go to their competitor? Uh, there's only one game in town if you're in downtown Buffalo. And that's why he doesn't have to flush. Yep. Yeah, that's that's well, true. Well, what's he gonna do? <laughs> they have Verizon FiOS, but it's not available downtown. Only in the suburbs. Oh damn! Man, this monopoly shit is starting all over again. Yeah. But I am so happy to be at uh, Buffalo Law School. It's just, yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. They th they say they're gonna help me through any any problems I have, and I got problems. But I think I'm like at least the third oldest student in there. I'm glad that I'm not the oldest. Yeah. I got other people with experience. They did a poverty simulator with a lot of us today. Which is just like, I don't know, this is supposed to be, this is how you're going to be when you're paying those loans back. Uh-huh. <laughs> they just made, made us role play like we are, um, like, I, I had to role play an eight-year-old kid. Dad's unemployed. Mom does all the work. And uh, sister's pregnant. And then Wait they, a second. And this is to get you prepared for graduating college? I think it's kind of a uh, like a just sort of like a getting to know you activity. Okay. Like so an icebreaker. And B, it's supposed to it's supposed to kind of get you prepared for um, pro bono work, which is basically ah, you have. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So oh, you can empathize with. That's what I was gonna say. So they're trying to generate some compassion. Yeah, they're getting you to check your privilege. Okay. Yeah, because you are at law school. Yes. Yes. Well, as far as going to sleep, man, progressive relaxation works most times. And whenever you have a thought, no matter what it is, just let it go. You can't make your mind blank, but you don't have to hang on to anything. Whatever you're afraid, just let it go. 
I think I, my problem is I got this little bit of OCD and like the earworm of a song. Like yeah, and you get stuck on it. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. You can learn to let it go. Like, I love Bob Pollard and Guided by Voices, but he also has caused me some sleep. Yeah, I am a tree. <laughs> <laughs> that one will get me sometimes. That'll stick for a couple of days. He didn't write that one. No. Uh, Gibbert did, right? Doug oh, Gillard, Gillard, yeah. Gillard, Gillard. Yeah, I yeah. know. Well, that was my favorite part of the Dave Hill show was when they played together. That was, that was nice. Has anybody listened to that since? Not recently, no. Listen to it the week you guys took off. It was the week uh, Robin Williams died, and Dave, Dave was offering just to, like, you know, hey, if, if you're feeling depressed uh, and if you're out there listening, um, we'll, we'll, I'll give you my number. We can talk privately. I'm like, wow, that's a really nice dude. Well, I yeah. thought he was going to offer to play a song for him. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he was just going to say, you want me to bring some about... heat? <laughs> yeah. Try to make people feel less alone. I'm like, oh, fuck. That's, that's really cool. Well, we'll less alone because of... People need to calm down. Well, but it's true, though, Cormod. And then, like, for some depressed people, they'll look and go, oh, hell. Robin Williams killed himself. Why the hell should I stay alive? You know, if they'd been teetering. And then they go, yeah. oh, hanging. That seems to work. It worked for Robin Williams. <clears throat> that was kind of like the weird thing. I, I'm forgetting the name of the drug now. But it was an antidepressant that was only mediocre. It was, mm -hmm. oh, Paxil? No. Prozac. Okay. And and the, and they said that the reason why so many people committed suicide with that was it didn't elevate your mood enough that you were no longer depressed, but really depressed people have such low energy and motivation that a lot of times they can't even bring themselves to kill themselves. But the Prozac gave them just enough of a lift so that they could follow through on their suicidal ideations, but not enough to move them beyond it. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was interesting. There's yeah, all... it's... Go ahead. No, there's no but. I, that is well, kind of but, but I don't. So, what, what was this? The, the Prozac um, was causing. It yeah. seemed that it was an antidepressant that actually caused more people to die. Well, it, it's, it's still an. It's still a pretty popular antidepressant. Well, I didn't know. I'm not real hip on those things. That's not my. Oh. But I didn't know if it was even still legal. Yeah. Their plant is widely prescribed still. Huh. Yeah. I actually was on it for a couple of weeks, but that was just to get off of another one. Yeah, I, I went on I went to my doctor and just like my like a general practitioner maybe two years ago, complaining that I was basically feeling tired. Uh -huh. And that, that was the solution he came up with me, for me. I was like, yeah, I'll go with this. But I didn't find it was effective in one way or the other. You know what I mean? I think what I, that may have been when I started running. I might need some exercise or something, you know? Like, I, I could just to see what it was like. In the future, was, they, uh, in the future they probably just put you on sativa. 
Well, what's that? The... That's the stimulating strand of marijuana. That's what I thought it was, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I got on oh, that. Really? I didn't really, I, it was a very low dosage, so that checks out with what you say, that, I don't know, I, I, it, I didn't affect me one way or the other, I didn't really remember feeling anything out from it. Right, but you weren't feeling any suicidal ideation either, right? You were just tired. Yeah, I was just feeling like kind of, like, yeah, I guess tired, like, but, like, just not very motivated or something, mm -hmm. and, you know. But running took care of that. Helped, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. No, I, fi I find physical conditioning amazingly good for improving moods and just general health. I mean, even just doing a hundred stomach crunches sometimes, you know, can just make you stand up a little straighter, feel a little yeah, better, get, right. that's get the exact, endorphins that's flowing exactly. a little bit, and it's like, all right, yeah, I don't feel anywhere near as bad. Coffee doesn't do that for me anymore. I think I've become immune. Yeah. You're not a coffee guy, though, are you, Mike? Me? Yeah. No, actually, I am. Oh. Uh, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I feel it's like this. It's like my. I'm not a super dependent or anything. It's like I will have one cup of coffee in the morning, and then that's pretty much it for me for the rest right, of the day. Like I said, you don't really drink coffee. Nah. So just having so so just having one cup of a day doesn't mean that no he drinks coffee. What, what is how many cups do you drink? Four in the morning. I assume you don't put anything in it. You just drink it black. It, it, well, it's kind of yellow, but yes. What are you doing about your caffeine intake? Uh, I've been stable at uh, two cups a day forever. Okay, only in the morning? Only in the morning. Okay, well, never mind. That, that's my other thing with coffee. I have a bit of that what Brian has, it's like, if I drink, if I'm anywhere near a cup of coffee after, like, three o'clock in the afternoon, it's like, uh, um, it, it, yeah, just, I've never been a great sleeper, I guess, so it's like, it's just, yeah, I just can't relax or something, you know, it's like, I can't turn off. And it's a crazy world we live in, it's easy to get wrapped up, and, and you got 24-7, you know, times a million as far as information. How do you know when to turn off? When are you going to be missing something? Have you ever tried, like, progressive relaxation? No, you have to tell me what that is. Well, that's like where you go down and think about each part of your body, like your toes. And imagine them feeling warm and relaxed and calm, and then go each toe, and then work your way up your body. And generally, you won't make it. I would give that a shot, yeah, just to, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Wouldn't hurt, right? <laughs> and then, and then I'll, I'll talk about the Kundalini Serpent, which is was just a, a variation on that progressive relaxation, whereas rather than doing each toe and everything, I started jumping, like, from right foot to left foot, and then working the toes in, and then going around. And then I, I was telling my manager, I said, you know, and then after I did this, and I'm going from knee to knee, thigh to thigh, and all the way up, I said, I started feeling like I was, you know, like enclosed in, in like this. And she goes, oh, that's the Kundalini Serpent. She knows from yoga. And she had, she had never tried it, but she knew what I was talking about. And that's what I like about a lot of the yogic exercises is 
you can find them without ever studying yoga. But but you'll find certain positions, and then you'll find out, yeah, they have a name for it. And yeah, you need to lift your head up a little more, put your shoulder blades back. But I mean, that stuff was figured out just by quietly examining your body and stuff, and there's a lot to be said for that. I envy those people who can sleep whenever and wherever they want. Oh, me too. Yeah, me too, oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, and me, I have gotten so connected to the sun. How do you know when to turn off? Anyway, so it is rolling up on 11. I don't know if anybody has anything in particular they wanted to cover, but I'm thinking about getting out at 11, unless we got something big coming up. Or, or, why, what do you got, Mike? Come on. Uh, just, uh, I, like your, your, I know you're thinking about your storage space. So <laughs> <laughs> well, you like to make these pronouncements. You know? <laughs> Let's wrap it up, guys. I'm think of the, think of the bandwidth. <laughs> the bandwidth. <laughs> the bandwidth. Actually, I'm I'm wanting over here. I'm I'm getting tired, guys. I'm gonna check out early. All right. Let's All right. Good night, Mike. I have to you guys. Good night. See you later, Michael. Well, I've got my list of notes here, though. There was a couple things I've missed over the last couple weeks. Did I miss the Marshall McMillan reference? No, I don't think so. You just made it. Was there one this week? <laughs> yeah, we haven't mentioned the dead either until just now. And now they're both tagged. Okay. <laughs> Out of here. All right, see you, Mike. All right. Beep, beep. Hey, look at this ties in with right what we were talking about. Social media spikes your cortisol levels. And I'm sure that's the stress hormone. So maybe you guys should not be on the internet at, you know, 1051 at night on the social media. Although I'm not trying to get rid of you. But I, but I am saying that's something you might want to consider. That, that is something that I, yeah, I think it's like, and also it's just time to like, you just got to call it quits with that sometimes, you know what I mean? It's just got to be like, all right, like, I, this is only, you know, it's like I'm not in a position where I'm like a teenager or something, and this has always been life for me. It's only been in the last five years that I've had a, you know, where it's really been like you just like, I'm, the internet is on my phone now and I could look at things, all, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's see, really I don't want it. That's why I got the old little flip cell phone. Yeah. It, it, I don't want that, that because there is more data than we could. I mean, there always has been, you know, whenever you walk in a library, you realize Yeah. there's more data than you can consume. All you got to do is look at my CD collection. There's more music than I could probably listen to in my lifetime. Right. Things like yeah. that anyway. But I mean, and then you gotta decide that, you know, I I go for more like an intuitional kind of thing. I know some people think it's silly, but like I'd rather go shopping at a record store and see what I like that shows up as opposed to being able to go to Amazon and buy whatever the hell I want. Yeah, no, there's yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, I get a lot, like I buy a lot of used records and I'd much rather go for something like a luck of the draw, see what's in like the used record bins than 
Right, and then that leads you to <laughs> stars around here. So it's like, if I want to just go and browse, that's always an option for me. I'd rather that than, you know, knowing, oh, I'm going to buy this, you know, and then going, I get eBay to do it, you know. Right, no, and I, I know I got a buddy that, you know, when the Albert Eiler box set was first being talked about, he pre-ordered it. You know, he was going to have it. Mm. And, you know, to me, unless I ran across it, I, and even then, you know, it's probably pretty pricey. And <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, what, I, what I've been doing lately is, um, <clears throat> I, I'm reading, uh, yeah, history. I've been reading history books lately, but instead of you know just thinking of subjects that I want to check out, yeah, I, I I'm looking at this history book recommendation thread. And I'm just going down and I'm checking out the book, no matter like every book that's that's been mentioned. I mean, I'm probably not going to get through the whole thread, but 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 I'll just check it out regardless of whether I'm interested in the subject or not, because I think that. Uh, no, 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 you know, maybe I won't end up being interested in it, or, or maybe it, uh, maybe it'll surprise me. Right, right. Yeah, and yeah. it might steer you in a direction you would have never gone otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and, and as an alternative, although you're trusting these people as to be, you know, qualified to make the recommendation, but I would have thought about going to the library and just going into the history section mm -hmm. to see if something grabs you. Yeah. And that was something that really sucked with uh, CDs and stuff, though, especially when they show you the edges of them. You, it's hard to read the name. You don't get a feel. It's not like flipping where you have a record where, you, you know, most every album had a had a picture, you know, some something right. that, whereas on CDs, all that got lost. And I mean, and a lot of them, they'd, they'd use such shitty colors that you couldn't even read what it said unless you went out in the light or got your magnifying glass to see what was going on. It just doesn't have the same kick. Yeah, I mean, I've even bought records in the last, I, you know, I have a couple of albums that were like, you know, new records. Like, I, I remember one that a few years ago, I bought a Dirty Projectors record just because I liked the cover. And I ended up liking the band okay, too. But it was just like, you know what I mean? That yeah. Is, I don't know that I would have noticed the, the cover if it were just on that 5-inch by 4-inch CD, you know? The vinyl was back not. in the stores, you know, that I noticed it. And it was like, wow, that's gorgeous. I want that, you know? That's right, right. Well, and that's kind of how I felt about Joy Division, you know, when I bought uh, Love Will Tear Us Apart. It had a beautiful statue picture on the black Yeah, and that's right. Because it didn't even say that it was Love Will Tear Us Apart. There was no information on it. I bought it because of the cover. And it turned out to be a quite interesting song that's held up over the years, too. Sure, yeah. What? I didn't catch that. I blame the bottle surfers. Oh. What, what do you think is a good band that has had terrible album artwork? That would. Oh, that's a good question. That is an excellent question. That is a good question. There's definitely some out there. Well, I what thought Whisper Do, some of their later ones were kind of ugly. Yeah, I can't think of any of their albums that I love the cover of. Why well, Zen Arcade? I, I I love that cover, but uh, well, New Day Rising had a nice cover. 
Yeah, that was that was nice. But the Candy Apple Gray and yeah, Warehouse Songs and Stories. A friend of mine kind of brought this up recently. I said something to him about an REM album that had a great cover on it, and my friend like looked at me like, "There's no REM cover that's great. They're all ugly." And I was just yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was like, you know, aside from the one I was talking about, which is the, the first murmur or yeah. reckoning, all, every one of their covers is ugly after that. That's, that is true. I mean, I think most people could probably take or leave the first two, you know? The, their first EP, that Chronic Town, has a hideous, cheap-looking cover on it. It's like a gargoyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just It's like not necessarily hideous, it's just cheap looking, you know? It just looks like, yeah, this will do, you know? Interesting. And then the other one, though, the, what was the first album? Murmur. <laughs> that had that nice complicated tangle, right, of all... That's, no, that's Reckoning. That's the one that oh. I was talking about as being nice looking. Yeah. Then my friend Jeff pointed out that, that it would, it, he didn't agree with me, but he said that that would be the nice-looking cover, you know, if there was one, because he didn't even think that was nice. <laughs> well, that, that is interesting. And R.E.M. has put out some good records. Yeah, sure, yeah. I know they got less hip as they got more popular, but I never, I mean, besides Shiny Happy People, which I still think was, you know, almost like a toss-off, like a joke. It was like, yeah, yeah he, exactly. he can do that. Yeah. Let's write, let's write something dumb and stupid and make fun of uh, pop music, and then it becomes a hit. Yeah, and I, I just read something on AV Club, which I don't really read that website much at all anymore, but there was something on there that sort of said that R.E.M. definitely kind of primed everybody for the kind of alternative music explosion that came out at Nirvana. Yeah? With Nirvana, and it was like, yeah, I mean, it was R.E.M. and, like, Jane's Addiction, really, that kind of got yeah, people... Yeah, I remember that. ...for that I stuff. was more of an R.E.M. and less of a Jane's Addiction guy, but yeah, because that was, yeah. like, in the early 80s, right, or mid-80s? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember. And, like, R.E.M. was, they, you know, they even had, uh, like, very popular videos and stuff. I mean, that one song isn't the theme song to get a life, you know? Like... No. Yes, stand. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, that's them. Well, that's into. Well, I knew it. I knew it's them. I didn't know that that was the theme song for "Get a Life." That's oh. the, <laughs> <laughs> that's the Chris you know the Elliott the TV show, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw that. I think I saw part of one episode once. Yeah, yeah I mean, like kid, that was definitely the first cool album I bought. Was. Uh, uh, REM's Green, I'd say. I was probably 11 when I bought it. Yeah. One of the first out, one of the earliest albums I bought that I, you know. Right, right. And I and, bought. And a like, sister was a year old, nights. so a lot of my things was kind of steered by her. Well, although my very earliest, though, I think Age was. Of Aquarius. Uh, by the wow. Fifth Dimension. Parents have that record. <laughs> I haven't broken out in a while. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't go back to a lot of those records. Trying to think what it would have been. Been like Paul Simon's Kodachrome. Well, no, that's not terrible. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Loggins and Messina, though. <laughs> that maybe isn't so great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, uh, My Maria. 
B Dyer's theme? No, it's fu it's funny that you brought up Loggins and Messina. Uh, H. John Benjamin just started a Kickstarter thing to uh, to announce Kenny Loggins playing at some guy's party, who was playing there because this guy started a Kickstarter campaign to get Kenny Loggins to play at his party. <laughs> and there's a whole thing. I think it was on Twitter. It happened today. Look it up. It's wow! Kind of how interesting. <laughs> H. John Benjamin? Yeah, and he said, of course, his first exposure to Kenny Loggins was still with Messina, obviously, and that was... Uh-huh. So, yeah, that, that happened today. Wow, synchronicity. Right? Or Dead Dog's Eyeball. <laughs> you like that one, don't you? Yeah, you do like that. You use that twice. <laughs> do you know what it is? Where it no came idea. From? I No, I don't know where it no. came from. I just assumed what it meant because of the context. Yeah, it, it's synchronicity, yeah. but it comes from... Uh, well, Kathy McCarty put out an album that covers all Daniel Johnston music, but... Oh, yeah, okay, I remember that we Hey, this is going to be tied to the Beatles, but Daniel Johnston <laughs> had been listening to I Am the Walrus. Right, I got and that. And Lennon mentions yellow mustard custard or something yeah, like that. it's dripping out of a dead, dead dog. dog's eye. Yeah. Daniel Johnston went outside and saw a dead dog and saw the yellow mustard custard. Oh, and okay. so, dead dog's eyeball is his term for synchronicity. Oh, okay, I got you. Okay. I've just recently started incorporating that into my life. It does get some funny looks from people. They like synchronicity a lot better. Well, yeah, you don't need to explain. Then you probably have to explain who happened. Dead dog's eyeball, what the hell is he talking about? Anyway, so H. John Benjamin and what were, oh, Loggins, right? Yeah. Oh, Ma Magic Christian was uh, written by Graham Chapman. See? Oh, the the movie was? Yeah, well, actually, there were five different writers, but he was he was one of the writers. Wow, that was nice. But he didn't. But he didn't appear. Around, What'd you say? I said thanks for bringing it around. You brought us almost full circle there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. I said. Yeah. 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 What do you expect? Of course I did, huh? Think I'm an amateur? <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to get going, too. I have to go yeah. to work earlier than usual tomorrow, so I'm going to try to go to sleep, so... Yeah. Good idea. Try, try progressive right. relaxation. See what happens. I, I will if I have any trouble going to sleep. Hopefully I won't. <laughs> well, if you don't, then uh, save it for later. Just right. don't forget. No, I won't. All <laughs> Thank right. You. All right, well, you guys have a good night. All right, take All care. Right. All right, bye. Yeah, so I, I found my article that I wanted, although uh, Dougald wasn't here. I had a sad Canadian story. And then Mike, there was a story about a guy that burned down his apartment trying to get rid of bed bugs. And you, you were also right about him appearing in the movie. It says he, was, he appeared in the movie, but he was uncredited. Say! Boom and boom, way to go. But I had to call now while I'm on top. <laughs> I roll over again. Well, anyways, thanks for coming around, guys, and I'll see right. you next week. Don't all forget right, right. Benjamin Booker. Okay, yeah, I'll check him out. Check out Violent Shiver. That That's a pretty hot tune. Okay. All right, okay. see you later, Stan. Good night, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.